This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We're getting into this here. This is part two of Deliverance. I hope you enjoyed worship. You got those announcements. Um, And here we go. Go, all right, Um, uh, let's do this. So let's pray and then we're gonna get into the word. So Father, we thank you for your word today. Pray, God, uh, that you do a a great work in us today. I pray you do a supernatural work. I pray you do uh, a divine work. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place today as we read the word and grow thereby. So we thank you. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, here we go. So today we're gonna to talk about um, some, some misconceptions of deliverance, or really some misconceptions of the supernatural power of God, signs, wonders, miracles, healing, deliverance, right? So in this, we're gonna talk about some misconceptions and the truth concerning deliverance in the word of God, okay? Just more about this subject, okay? So here we go. Matthew chapter six, verse 13. This is the Lord's prayer. Matthew chapter six, verse 13. It says, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us. Say that with me. Say deliver us, but deliver us from the evil one. All right. For for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the model prayer. And the prayer is this prayer of deliverance, uh, deliver us, okay? It's in prayer. This isn't somebody that's not walking with God, somebody that is walking with God, somebody that's actually praying in a sense. You know, Jesus is like, this is how you ought to pray. This is how you ought to pray. Lord, deliver us from the evil one, okay? And this word here, once again, this is one of the Greek definitions, and it means... Um, to rescue, but here it is. This is what it means. I want to read this. This is the literal definition um, as we kind of are going to go through this today, but it means uh, deliver me to yourself for yourself. Okay, that's our prayer. Lord, deliver me to yourself. Bring me to, draw me in and deliver me for you. Okay, it also can say it this way. Lord, deliver me out of my personal pains and bring me to you for you. Bring me to you, for you. That's what deliverance is, is God bringing us to himself, for himself. Um, It is God having occupancy and access to something in our life that he currently does not. Can I get an amen? All right. And so, you know, even Paul said this, Romans chapter seven, verse 24, um, You know, look at this. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Okay, if you read Romans 6 and 7, man, he he talks about the things that I do, I don't do. The things I want to do, I don't do. Right, this struggle, this war in his members, okay? So somebody say, deliver us, all right? Deliver us. And so I want to talk about some misconceptions now. I know I'm kind of moving quickly here, but... But uh, so just some misconceptions. And then we're going to le- read a pretty large portion of Scripture out of Mark chapter 9 in a second. 
And it's, and it's just a powerful narrative of somebody getting delivered of actual demons, okay? And it's not the only biblical account uh, where these things happened. Of course not. It's all over the book. Um, in, in Acts, in, um, in the Gospels, right? And, and it's uh, noted and, um, and talked about in detail uh, as far as how to deal with demonic entities all throughout the letters, Corinthians, Ephesians, um, yeah, those are just two that come to mind now. But um, so some misconceptions. And so when I speak of these misconceptions, I'm really speaking of maybe just even just uh, certain mindsets in the church. Um, and, and I'm going to kind of speak them from extreme perspectives. Okay. And why am I doing this? Because I think when you talk about something that has a certain um um, kind of depending on the church environment you're from or how you were taught your perspective of this, um, you have a perspective, right? You have a perspective. And so, um, so, so by, by kind of just sharing some misconceptions, the, the goal and heart of this is that we um, are open to whatever the Holy Spirit desires to do in us and through us, and that we are open for God to have access and lordship to everything about our life, our existence. Can I get an amen out there? And so some of these misconceptions are just kind of things that I've experienced or seen, okay? So this is not like pointing the finger at anyone. I just think we all have um, perspectives and sometimes our, our perspectives are, are off or they're just extreme. Or maybe you know people that because of their own experience with things, their, their perspective of something is, is kind of extreme. And you're like, wait, hold on. Like, come back over here. I understand what you went through. I understand what you've dealt with. But sometimes when we um, experience unhealthy we shut off anything around that unhealthy thing and we potentially are throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? Or, or you know what I'm saying? Uh, you, and, and so um, we, we need to learn how to receive the truth of something. And even though we've been through things that are unfavorable or that have tainted our view of something, it's like, no, I want the truth. I don't want to, where I've experienced this a lie, let's say in church, concerning something that is very powerful and very spiritual, like deliverance, okay? When you experience something in that realm of something and it's just unhealthy and it's and there's and there's mixture in it, we don't want to throw out deliverance because of our perspective of it could be skewed based on it being undone in an unhealthy way. All right, so that's the purpose of um, kind of exposing some of these misconceptions at times. And so sometimes these are perceptions we have, and I'll just read them from my notes, and then we're going to read Mark 9 in a, in a minute here. But some misconceptions, and I have friends, okay, that love the Lord, but they carry some of these misconceptions. And I've been through some of them, and I have to learn how to even balance out my view of anything in the Word. But here's one, uh, to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit we have to become uber spiritual and call everything a devil. No, you know what I mean? Meaning like, 
Um, meaning, you know, to be spiritual means I'm like, everything is on some deep, profound spiritual level, 24 seven, 365. No, that is not, that is not. And, and you may have experienced people like that. Like it's they're, they're just the way they process where they're at in life, where they are in their spiritual maturity, their, 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 their view, their, their, the experience you get from them is extremely spiritual. And no, we don't have, everything doesn't have to be uber spiritual, super spiritual. Everything's a devil or an angel. Everything, everything, everything. There's just, you know what I mean? There's devils everywhere and you're feeling them all the time. Like there, there are devils everywhere, right? But, but you know, the, the, Satan is the, the God of this world and they are here. But that doesn't mean that we are um, affected by them constantly. And, and, and there's always a demon and everything's a devil. And there's devils everywhere like affecting you and, and throwing everything. Your car didn't start. It's a devil. Come on now. Right? You know, you ain't got no money in the bank. It is a devil. The devil stole my money. Right? Um, you know what I'm saying? So, um, to, you know, to walk in the power of the spirit, we, we have to become uber spiritual and call everything a devil. That, that is that is a misconception, okay? We can walk in the power of the Spirit and be spiritual people and operate in spiritual gifts and experience um, spirituality in the Holy Spirit and we don't have to be so uber spiritual that we're weird, okay? So here it is, here's another one. Here's another one. You know, if we pursue learning about angels, demons, spiritual warfare, spiritual gifts, etc., um, will get weird and goofy. No, that's not true. That's not true. There might be people that have studied this stuff and got into it and they got weird and goofy, but that does not mean that you have to get weird or goofy, right? So what I'm saying is sometimes I feel like even believers, all right, if we're honest, right, there, there, there are communities, there are churches that stay away from this subject matter. Okay, I'm not pointing the finger. I'm not saying anything negative. I'm just saying that we, being that this type of stuff, man, is all throughout the scripture. It's very hard to avoid it, okay? Um, but, you know, don't be fearful, especially as a born-again believer. Do not be fearful of spiritual things. Here's another one. Because somebody that's all about the supernatural yet has bad fruit in their life, I should stay away from supernatural things. No, misconception, misconception. Just because somebody, um, you, you see that they're like the super spiritual type and man, they got no fruit, man. Can't keep a job right? Um, just can't get their life together. They're, uh, they're always kind of disoriented, right? Kind of, you know, little, you know, flighty or something. Um, don't, don't look, don't say, oh, that's what happens, you know, when you, um, when, when you pursue the Lord and you open yourself up to the power of the Holy Spirit and the into the power of God and into spiritual gifts and 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 having awareness of spiritual things like angels and demons, right? Like, oh, okay, so that's the that is not 
Their life is not the fruit of the supernatural. Their life is the fruit of their decisions and maybe that's just where they are, okay? So spiritual does not equate to weird, okay? And spiritual does not equate to goofy or spirituality is not equated to people that can't get it together in their natural life, right? That is, that is not spirituality. Now, um, will things happen spiritually that you don't understand or that are beyond your intellect? And yes, like they're not gonna just fit in the pragmatic scope of, 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 of a linear thought process, right? The power of God touching somebody, the Holy Spirit, somebody weeping and crying, a devil getting cast out of somebody. It's not, it's, it's not going to be, it's not natural, but that doesn't mean it is wrong, weird, or in error. It's just spiritual. Can I get an amen? Okay. And so here's another one too. Um, and many times, um, you know, believers that are more open to the things of the spirit and they're just for whatever reason you know i know some people that are very open to spiritual things just some of it and it's like i don't you can't you i'm not stating this as like absolute truth i'm just speaking by experience okay and just you know many times more prophetic people more spiritually inclined people you know god created them that way okay he, he, you know, um, they're just, it's just who they are. And some people, because of the spiritual experiences they've had, maybe even through childhood or the exposure to even the occult or demonic stuff, uh, when they get saved, it's like they're already there. Like they're already like, no, this is real, folks. This ain't, this ain't just some religion. Like the power of God delivered me from witchcraft and and all this other demonic stuff. So they've already been exposed to it. And so Christ liberates them and then they see the authority of Jesus, right? The absolute total authority of Jesus in spiritual things. He is, you know, he is um, uh, God and that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. And so he is the absolute authority in, in these things. And, and so when somebody experiences him like that, they're, they're just more open to it. So, but sometimes I think if I could say this uh, in some of my experience is people, Christians that are more exposed to this, more open to it. Um, many times their struggle is that um, they, 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 they kind of have this expectation that man, everybody should be like this, right? Um, and, I, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm just saying in my experience times, because I think their heart is, man, you got to open your eyes, people, right? This stuff is real. Like the, the, we want to see people delivered of demons and strongholds and, and truly experience um, a freedom in the spirit, in the soul, in the body. Like, you know, and, and so they have such a drive and a heart for this, right? But here is a misconception that comes from that perspective at times is that here's the misconception that everybody in the body needs to act up op and operate like me. Okay. Um, maybe God has exposed you that to help people not to be frustrated with them or man, they're just, they're just religious. Like 
not everybody, everybody's at different places and everybody has a different way of just learning from the Lord. But here's the point. We all must be open to signs, wonders, miracles, healing, deliverance. Like why, why? Because uh, this is God's heart. It is utterly and totally, absolutely in the scripture, okay? Amen, this is in the scripture. This is, this is written. This is part of salvation, okay? And so um, now we're gonna read this, okay? We're gonna read this narrative uh, in, in the book of Mark. A powerful picture of deliverance right here in the book of Mark. So Mark chapter nine, verse 14, and we are gonna read all the way to verse 29. So we're gonna kind of take our time here and read through this, okay? And this really sh shows um, some principles of deliverance, okay? Like the narrative itself will speak for itself. But what I'll do is I kind of read through this, we'll, we'll just pause and kind of look at some, some principles, some things. And so, and, and there's some demonstrative things that happened in the process of this individual's deliverance. And um, it's in the scripture, okay? And so, so let's look at this. Mark chapter nine, verse 14. Um, speaking of Jesus, and when he had came to, his, to the disciples, he saw a multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Verse 15, immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. Verse 16, and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. Okay, this, 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 this man's son had a mute spirit, okay? Um, it doesn't say he was possessed, but this spirit was in him somewhere. And verse 18, and wherever it seizes him, okay, wherever, meaning the devil is in all places at all times, okay? And so it was, it's just a particular area, okay? Um, it gives the name of the spirit in, in this culture, ancient Jewish culture, they believed in spirits. They, they, this was normal. So even when Paul is writing his letters to the, the church, some of his terminology and references coming out of his um, Semitic culture and, and just, they, they, the, speaking of demons and spiritual things in the New Testament to the early church, it wasn't foreign to them, okay? This wasn't a whole new idea, right? This was um, something that they, experienced in their lives in some way or another. So it wasn't entirely foreign, okay? And so um, it says, and wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, okay? He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid, okay? I have prayed for people and, um, and, and, and cast devils out of people before and, um, I don't know if I saw, I might've seen some foaming at the mouth. I know this sounds super intense, but 
but maybe, but definitely gnashing of teeth and becoming rigid. Like, you know, like I, I this is real. Okay. Um, becomes rigid. Um, so I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out and they could not. All right. Verse 19. Um, he answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? Um, how long shall I bear with you? Okay, bring him to me. I, somebody say deliverance. Say it again, say deliverance. So that is the definition of deliverance, as we just read. What did we read just today? I know we read it last week too, but what does that mean? To draw us to himself for himself. He said, bring him to me, right? This is deliverance is about to go down. Why? Because this child, this man's son is being brought to Jesus. Deliverance, deliverance. Lord, deliver me out of my personal pains and bring me to you for you. Somebody say, bring him to me. Right? Why do we want to teach on deliverance? Why do we want to break this down? Why do we want to preach and teach on this? Because it means bring that person to Jesus. Come to Jesus and get delivered. Jesus was said, bring him to me because his disciples couldn't do it. Okay? There was some element, and I know you, we, we, we kind of know this, you know, this, this type come out only by prayer and fasting, okay? A whole other subject, but you get the point here, man. Something they, wouldn't let, they couldn't let go. They wouldn't let go of this boy, of this, of, the, of, of this man's son, okay? And so Jesus is like, all right, bring him meat. And Jesus is like, man, y'all, come on now. So verse 20, then they brought him to him. Somebody say deliverance. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. Okay, this is demonstrative. And I, let, let me tell you here, we're, we're not, we're, we don't, we don't celebrate demonic manifestations. We don't, we don't look for them. We don't seek for them. We don't try to make them happen. But if they do, we should not be fearful, alarmed, scared at all. Uh, why? Because we can cast out devils in the name of Jesus, okay? So spirit convulsed him, okay? I know that, that that's kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? We don't build our theology around demonic manifestations, but if they happen, we're, go, we're gonna navigate it. We're gonna go, you know, uh, this, this, this is part of deliverance at times, okay? It's not, it's not all the time. Sometimes I know in certain circles, it's like when you mention deliverance, this is where people's minds go immediately, right? And it's true that obviously in this context, this is biblical here. This is biblical narrative. This is not the only occurrence as well that these kinds of things happen. It's accounted for in uh, the other gospels. And, and uh, there, it's more than one time in Mark, I believe, that this type of thing happened. So, um, so the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So there we go. He said, this is what it happens. And when you get... This demon got in the presence of Jesus, boom, and that happened. Does that, you know, and so you, you might say, man, I see this happen, but it got super weird and goofy and they couldn't cast it out or whatever. I understand, I understand, but we're not gonna throw out 
um, the power of God uh, because we've experienced something where we didn't see good fruit come out of it. Uh, I believe uh, good fruit can come out of it because the Bible tells us that good fruit can come through this, okay? So in talking about deliverance, we must talk about the casting out of literal demons, right? Praise the Lord. This is the Great Commission, okay? This is part of the Great Commission. Um, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, right? Lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, right? Hallelujah, okay? This is, this is not just something we see that Jesus did. Jesus himself commanded us, sanctioned us to do the same in his name, okay? So he fell to the ground while foaming at the mouth. Verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? So Jesus just, you know, he's just kind of, all right, we're going to deal with this. So what's going on? How long? And he said from childhood, from childhood. That means he wasn't born like this. Something happened. Something happened. We don't know what happened, but something happened. Open door, something. Who knows, right? But there are people, and I, uh, from my childhood being sexually molested as a young child and exposed to, you know, all that, I, uh, I remember going into prayer um, as a teenager and gnashing my teeth, okay? Um, and so I, that, that, as a result of my life experience and being exposed to that kind of thing, um, I uh, needed deliverance, okay, in some respect, all right? So um, here it is from childhood, verse 22. Uh, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Here it is. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Have compassion. This man is like looking at his son that is demonized, that has a demonic entity you know, that has been, has access to this young man's life. Okay, we don't know how old his son is. I don't believe it says, but has a demon. And he says, man, have compassion on us and help us, right? And so here it is. Compassion, the compassion of Jesus brings deliverance. Cause this is what it is. Um, deliverance is that we have compassion for the individual that is bound. We have compassion for the individual that is in spiritual chains. We have compassion for the individual that is vexed, tormented. Whatever it is that the devil's doing, we, this is compassion, okay? So once again, compassion brings deliverance. We must be compassionate. If we are compassionate for people, I believe deliverance is the result of compassion. Deliverance is the fruit of compassion, okay? And so verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And here it is. Here's my next point. Deliverance requires faith. Let me just say it this way, even. 
you know, deliverance requires faith, but deliverance requires faith in God. Like this is the supernatural. This is deliverance is the impossible happening to benefit people in God's and through God's power. Okay. Deliverance is the impossible happening. We need to be, Jesus is like, look, man, there he is. He's demon possessed. You're telling me to have compassion. Jesus is telling him, believe, believe, don't doubt, don't doubt. Verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. And he says, help my unbelief. I'm telling you, sometimes I can understand when somebody is struggling with something and needs deliverance. And I understand this is an extreme example, but varying degrees of deliverance that, that we all need in some respect, okay? Um, and I'm not trying to encapsulate all of deliverance in this, and I've, I was very clear with that last week, and I'm, I'm being clear with it again today. But here is the thing. I understand sometimes it is hard to believe for deliverance when we, when, when, when somebody we love and know or even maybe even ourselves, we cannot shake this addiction or this habit or whatever it is. Many times they'll say, I'm not saying all of those things are literal demonic powers, but what I am saying at times they are. This boy could not control something. And when we have these cycles, unhealthy cycles of addiction and stuff, I'm telling you, there is something spiritual that we must address. I'm not saying to do all those other great things that can help us in our mental health and all that. Praise the Lord. Like, look, take it all. But let's, as believers, address the spiritual depth of things that have happened to us, that we've walked through, that we're walking through, that we know are spiritual. That there is spiritual things that we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? We have been delivered from the power of darkness and been conveyed into the kingdom of the son of his love. Can I get an amen? And so deliverance requires faith, all right? Deliverance requires faith, all right? Hallelujah. All right, when G verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit. That's what you do with devils, you rebuke them. You rebuke them. Saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, Come out of him and enter him no more. We, in the name of Jesus, we carry that authority. Not us, not our, not us, not from us, not of us. It is Christ. It is his, it is his spirit. It is his finger that when we cast out a devil, it is the hand of God um, on that person, right? Command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Verse 26, then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly. And came out of him. Somebody say, I have been delivered. And he became as one dead. So that many said, is he dead? Verse 27, but Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind, Jesus like this kind. So there's different kinds of demons. Come on now, somebody say amen. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So once again, you know, compassion brings deliverance. Deliverance requires faith, all right? Um, and here it is, very extreme 
example here, right? Like extreme meaning, man, that's pretty intense. Like, if, if, you know, that'd be a trip to witness something like that, right? Uh, you'd be like, whoa, you know, that's just powerful. It's a beautiful thing. It's really a beautiful thing. The outcome is beautiful. The outcome, praise God. Delivered that, that from childhood, delivered. Why? Jesus said, bring him to me, right? Oh, that's beautiful. But here it is. Um, don't get don't get affected by the extremes or, or even don't get affected by the extremes, but also don't get caught up in the extremes. Like Jesus didn't sit around and build a theology around this particular situation, right? The man, he convulsed, the, boy, the, the young boy, young man, convulsed, foamed at the mouth, thrown into the fire and the water like this is intent. But it wasn't like Jesus just sat around, let's talk about the devil. Let's talk about his manifestations. Let's write a book about all the manifestations of the devil. Let's, you know, like it happened, but it's like, we're not going to get affected or we're not going to get all caught up in it. Just cast the, the devil out. And let's, let's move on. Right. Let's keep, let's keep it. Let's keep it pushing. Right. Let's not just, you know, I think sometimes we, we get a, a little too into the manifestations. Like it's not that big a deal. And, you know, they, they, they happen like and, and then, then even like we, we start to we start to misconstrue the manifestations. We start to, you know, because when the devil came out, devil came out. Um, it said the Bible says he became as one dead. And then they're like, he's dead. You know, they're just misinterpreting what's happening. Jesus like chill. Right. In a sense, he didn't say that. But, you know, what I mean, picks him up. Boom. He rises. He's good. But, but sometimes we get all into the manifestation, like, ooh, wow, you know, like, ooh, there's a devil right there. Like, that, that's unhealthy. And so they happen. Let, don't be scared of them. And if they happen, just in the name of Jesus, we just deal with it. We cast it out. You can't just shut up and get out, right? But we don't get all caught up in all of it. Like, ooh. And we don't, like, I'm sure people could have been there being like, oh, this is weird. Jesus is weird. He's involved in deliverance. Look what's happening to this boy. Like, this is a weird thing. Like, and, 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 and if we're not careful, our religiosity will, will, will judge and point the finger at when manifestation happens in a community or there is some deliverance and the person falls down like they're dead. Or, you know what I mean? And we're like, oh, he's dead. And, you know, it's like... um. We, it's not all gonna fit into our intellect here, but we gotta trust the fruit of true deliverance and trust that God is truly working and healing. And we're, we're gonna continue to believe for God's supernatural power presence and the manifestation of his word and the manifestation of Christ in our gatherings, our relationships and our community. And we're gonna walk through this stuff together. We're not gonna throw out deliverance because um, a devil manifests some type of way. Like, we're not going to build a theology around that. It happened. Okay, let's keep it moving. Let's learn. Let, let, let's just keep it moving. We worship Jesus, right? We're, we're not focused on the devil. We, we're just here to cast him out, right? Like, get out. Okay, goodbye. Now let's move on. Can I get an amen, somebody? So don't get affected by the extremes and don't get caught up in the manifestations of stuff. Amen. So, so here it is. I'm going to, I'm going to read some more here and then we're almost done. We're almost done, but let's not allow the weird of church culture to rob us of true spirituality that's found in Christ. Okay. Cause sometimes in church culture, because there's people there, um, there's stuff that's weird at like, you know, and some is weird enough to be like, I can't, 
I'm not going to be a part of that community just because it's because it's unscriptural or it's just way off and way out. But in any community, you're going to find situations of people that are a little off. I mean, well, welcome to the planet. Welcome to being um, amongst other humans. But don't allow the weird of it to rob you of the true spirituality in the church and in Christ. And let's not allow the religion, the, re the rigidity of religion in church culture to cause us to avoid like community, like all oh, that, you know, and, and, and to get all spiritually weird over here all by yourself because, you know, the church is too rigid for me. I need to be free, right? Come on, somebody. So, so don't discard the church. Just have boundaries when it comes to unhealthy people. Can I get an amen? So, and we have to stop trying to fix people all the time, right? Um, I know I'm kind of just reading from my notes here, just going along with this, but sometimes I feel like we, we feel like we have to fix people all the time. You don't have to fix people. Just help them. Don't, don't put this undue pressure on people because they aren't where you think they should be, right? We're called to help each other and to hold each other accountable, but being an overbearing person that chronically trying to fix everyone, it's not of God. All right, here's the truth. Some people are more sensitive to spiritual things than others. It's just true. That's true. And, and sometimes these people over-spiritualize. It's true. Okay, and some people are more practical and pragmatic than others. And sometimes these people under-spiritualize. All right, okay? And so here, here's my last two points. I'm gonna say them quickly. Deliverance makes us fruitful. And, and deliverance empowers us to do God's will. Okay, let me say those again. Deliverance makes us fruitful, okay? And deliverance empowers us to do God's will, okay? This is the, the prayer of Zacharias in Luke chapter one, verse 74 and 75. My last verse, and I'm gonna close in prayer. Luke chapter one, verse 74 and 75 says, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of of our enemies. Who is the enemy? The devil. Being delivered from the hand of our enemies, here it is, might serve him without fear. Verse 75, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. This is what deliverance does. It makes us fruitful that we might serve him, okay? and delivers, empowers us to do God's will. It brings us, it leads us into deeper, um, deeper worship, uh, uh, faithful service to God, and greater intimacy with God. Be encouraged today, folks. Deliverance makes us fruitful, and deliverance is going to continue to empower you to do God's will. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.